welcome to You Can Grad School with Kate and Dustin. I'm Kate, obviously. And I am Dustin, the other part of that. I don't know if we always introduce ourselves. Um, I think we do, but uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So um, today we're going to talk about uh, how we're doing with the first week or two weeks of the semester. Spoiler alert, I just came from a three-hour class, and so cognitively, like, questionable. Um, And then we'll talk a little bit more about our OSF and open science goals and how to, like, concretely attack them um, with recommendations from Dustin, who's been doing this for forever. So It has been a very long time. But first, I want to say congratulations to Kate for it was your first week of graduate school. First, like two days. Is it week over for you? Do you have? Like a week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah. um, It's. I don't have any classes on Mondays, uh, Tuesdays, and Fridays. But Wednesday. So Wednesday, I have four and a half hours of class, and I have a like straight four and a half straight hours. Yeah. So it's nine fifty-five to eleven twenty, which bled over into eleven thirty, and then eleven. Surprising. Yeah, and then 11.30 to 2.30. And then I curl up into a ball. And then I today, it's just one class. But it's from, what, three? Well, what time is it? Three to six. Um, yeah, so it's wild. It's this, like, strange thing where, you know, like, I used to work, you know, when you work, like, eight-hour days or eight-and-a-half-hour days with your, like, lunch break or whatever, like, I thought that I'd be prepared for three hours of classes, but when you're doing work on your own, like you take mini breaks and you're in your head for a little bit and you're like, like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Three hours of like zoom class in particular. I was thinking back to undergrad when like occasionally I need a break. And so I just like, well, when I was in statistics the first time I would gaze out the window and write poetry, which probably (laughs) I was a freshman in college. This had a an English minor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of <laughs> course. Never declared unofficial. Um, but my, I would very, in a very cliche teenagery way, I would like write poetry and look out the window because I didn't like stati- statistics. Um, <laughs> this was associated with a not great graduating <laughs> class. Um, oh, surprising, for, right? Yes. Yeah. Or as my mother said, I didn't know you could pass with that grade. Oh, that is um, so encouraging. If you're listening to this right now and you're thinking of employing me, I'm much better at statistics now. I retook, I took a different stats class, did really well in it. Then I took a graduate level stats class. I did okay in it. Now I'm a graduate student taking a stats class and I plan to do great. Yes. I'm What's... not going to poetry. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe our fans will demand it all three of them all so, yeah all right statistics poetry that would be that would be awesome if you could do that yeah well i actually have like a i posted like my little like workspace i have like i write yeah. out poems i really love so i do have poems like right above me nice um so if i got really bored i could like or in class if i need not i would never get bored in any of my graduate school classes who does that i needed a mental break for poetry then I could just look up so that's an added bonus um and so yeah it was like it was like I feel physically exhausted from mental mm-hmm. work. 
Um, but I like also had this moment where I just like after my class, I was going for a run and I was like, wow, this is exactly what I've wanted to be doing for a really long time. Yeah. And the classes I'm taking are incredibly like they're classes I'm really excited about and they're going to inform my research and they all like relate really well to topics I plan to write about or conduct research on. Nice. And so I just had this moment where I was like, I was like, I'm glowing. I'm so happy. Like, it just like, it was like this like huge dorky moment where I was like, my heart is glowing with excitement. <laughs> I'm such that, a loser. No, you're not. That is so awesome to, it's really great to, to like remind yourself of that and think about all of the hard work that you've put in to get to this point and then all of the cool, awesome things that you're going to get to do and continue to do. And it's like, I try to do that and remind myself I don't go on runs because I'm no. an old man and I like my back is broken from doing nothing. I've done nothing and my back hurts. I just want to congratulate you because <laughs> nine out of 10 of the men who, who I talk to who say they don't run, they say it's because of bad knees, which I find mm. super suspect because it's like, what? Who is this? Like, who is cursing all of these men with bad knees that prevent them from running? I'm sure it's true for some of them, but like my dad said yeah. it, and now he runs every day because of <laughs> not every day, but like several times a week. And I'm like, what happened to your bad knees? I guess they're not so inconvenient now. Oh man, there's someone just going around with a with a baseball bat, just taking taking See, knees out. Is not that like um part of like the natural of that book? I don't know that book. Do I know that book? Shout out to literature, sports, and ideology, a class I did pay attention to it for the entire of undergrad. So is this something that you, thinking about graduate school, did you ever think you'd be sitting in your room for hours on end, staring at a computer screen for your first week of classes? I did not. Uh, it wasn't on my... <laughs> It, I, so I like made this joke once that like getting into grad school, I made this joke several times, no one laughs, um, that like you have to like, like make a um, sacrifice to the research gods because mm -hmm. it's like finicky process. And it reminded me of like a lot of the Greek god stories where sometimes they just like punish someone for no reason and sometimes yeah. like, reward people for no reason other than being like full mortals or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um I was not deemed by the research gods a beautiful mortal until recently, I guess, or just some sacrifice was deemed worthwhile. Um, but similarly, I lost my train of thought. What was this? Oh, yes. Um, I, I don't know what is happening. Something so about I the got research god. Grad school. But yes. the catch from the research gods was that it has to be via Zoom. Um, oh, they got you around me and the pandemic was, uh, was like retribution or like the payoff, not like just a sad series of global events and then a poor governmental response to a global pandemic. Um, so you heard yeah. it here first. This is all Kate's fault. <laughs> she sorry. wasn't in grad school. Who is <laughs> like, fun. when we think of the research gods, who do you think of? Who is oh I just think of them as like mythical beings, not yeah. like um Do they look like know. any any like famous psychologists or 
I bet it's Freud. He knows how I feel. It is just like 10 of them, 10 Freuds. If the research gods are anything, they're crusty old white men who think all women are hysterical. Um, I stand by that. But yeah, no, um, I actually, I didn't think Zoom was quite as bad as I was planning on it being. Um, That's good. So, I mean, it's week one, but we'll see. That's true. Any interesting backgrounds that other students had? No, everyone was pretty, uh, pretty like similar in their background. It's like something either they're like a bookshelf or plants. Um, no, like virtual backgrounds. No virtual backgrounds. Yeah. Oh man. I wonder if it's like people are because it was like the one thing that gave us light in dark times in the beginning of. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone's tired of it. Yeah, and so now I think people are just like I'm here. Um, I had a yeah. professor who, uh, he asked us, we all put our video, um, all put our like cameras on. And I found that a little bit um, interesting because I know there's like a lot of people are saying like, hey, like this could like really cause inequities and like how people are. Yeah. Um, I wonder if like the approach is just different because he sees it as like an upper level graduate class, but like the issues should be the same. So yeah. Um, I found that interesting. Um, it is kind of nice to see everyone and participate, but it does also like, I see myself in the corner and then I'm like, oh no. Like, for example, I had a non-visible but visible on camera stain on my shirt. And, like, oh no. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I'm a stain girl now. <laughs> They're so messy on the first day. <laughs> And all of my classes, like, impact, like, so I have been trying to, I'm going to run every day for Mm -hmm. September to help, like, start to incorporate my running into my schedule, like, so I'm forced to do it. Um, And because I love running. Um, But anyway, yeah, so, like, I was like, oh, I need to eat and snack and, like, fuel, but that really interferes with my classes. And so I'm trying to covertly, like, eat yogurt or covertly, like, eat a salad. And those are salads are notoriously difficult to consume with other people like number one yes i know we're verging like we're diverging a little bit from the point of this podcast but just like hot tip if you're on a date never order salad it's like hard to eat in front of another person that also, i'll i'll take that into account whenever i go on dates again well i know you want to make a good impression with your wife like i, I mean, know it's never too late in a relationship to continue to make a good impression you should never have salad at your dinner table just ever i, th- I think we're i think we're past the salad phase so we're good yeah i made the second worst thing also ramen really bad mm. choice for a date because like i just, just i um out. with my yeah with my now boyfriend partner um I had ramen on the first date and I told him, I was like, don't look at me. (laughs) Which he was like, yeah, I found that kind of weird. And I was like, it would have been so much worse if you had looked at me while I was like, like, it just like, I couldn't, other people can like probably eat ramen with grace and I cannot. Um, You're not supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed to be, you need to get all everything. It would have been better if you make, just like make intense eye contact with him while you're eating. <laughs> the downside of this podcast is you can't see our faces. Um, that is a downside. I like to think my expressive face is 
a highlight. Um, it comes through on audio for sure. Anyway, um, yeah. So those are all you, my thoughts related to the first week of classes. How are your first two weeks? No, let's learn that with me. No, I was going to say, you didn't know that you were going to come to this podcast, listeners, and get some some really great relationship advice. This is a service I also offer. Um, I'll screen your Tinder dates, and I will give you dating advice. Um, I'll update it for uh, socially distant dates, which add another layer of awkwardness to the whole. That's true. Um, I got an A plus in human bonding. And so just to like put that into perspective, um, I am well qualified because of my coursework. Because of the, the one class? I also TA'd the course. Well, oh, so okay. So you taking that class and then me being in a long-term relationship, I, like my years don't my count. I'm in long-term relationship of my life. Every month. Me too. Six months. <laughs> wow. Every month the past six months, I was like, wow, new record. Just waking up every day, crushing it. Crushing it. Erase the number on the board and write a new number. We have gone <laughs> this many days without incident. <laughs> there have been incidents. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, sorry, a quick comical side story since I'm clearly unhinged anyway. So I, and then we talk about your first two weeks. Um, <laughs> so in undergrad, I was taking the class Human Bonding and mm -hmm. My friend Julie um, was also taking it. She was not a human development major. Um, and she told me, she was like, you know, I'm going to beat you in this course because, like, I think I'm better at this than you. I'm better at your own major than you are. I was like, cool. Okay. It's a deal. Top notch human bonding right there. I had, <laughs> that's actually called an affiliative bond. Um, I know that because I got an A plus. Anyway, so I've never worked harder for for a very low stakes class that was like, it's this very interesting class. It's a little less challenging um, than I think my other coursework was. Mm -hmm. I studied for hours for that final because on the first, the first prelim, she did a lot better than me. And I was like, oh no. And she, so she has my mother's phone number cause she shadowed my mom once. And so she called my mother and goes, Dr. Campbell, I just wanted to let you know that I crushed your daughter on our first exam. And so from then on, I worked nonstop. I studied, I overdid it for the second and third. And so, so what happened was we both got A pluses. I was like, oh, it looks like we tied. And she goes, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. And so she called, she emailed our TA, our grad student TA. No way. Me and said, dear so-and-so we were in a vicious competition all year so i'm gonna need you to send the final score breakdown so we can figure <laughs> out who won. the grad student replied with it i was like i didn't email she just copied me on the email she didn't like i didn't confirm that this was okay yeah so she, but the grad student sent us our score breakdown and she scored half a point um higher than me however in my opinion, I did better than her on my second and final exam. And so like two out of three, I beat her. So I think I won. You know, you should have pre-registered <laughs> what you were going to deem. 
anyway, uh, yeah. So if you need relationship advice, pay no attention to the person you spend a night. What eight, eight, nine, ten? How long have you guys been together? We've we're going to be celebrating our seven year anniversary this year. Seven for years of marriage? being married. Yeah. Okay, but how long have you guys been? Uh, in 12, 11, 12. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Pay no attention to him. I no. Mm-mm. Past a year. Um. So, how is your? How are your first two weeks? No classes. How did that feel? No classes. It's been super weird. I have been in class, had classes every semester since I started, and it feels weird. But it also fits the situation that we're all in, like trying to figure all this out. So it feels like. The semester has started, but at the same time, it hasn't. And then on top of it, I'm doing clinical work at a external placement, which is a whole other thing. Just getting used to how a whole other place like does clinical work and figuring all that out. And it's within a hospital setting. So like using Epic and being integrated into the hospital setting is so weird. Like. I am kind of important and it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I'm just like, oh, I've taken all these, I've done all these other pracs and now I, I get to be somewhere else. And now they're like, here are a bunch of people. And I'm like, okay, good luck. That's cool though, right? Like you've been training for that for so long. Although yeah. Not, yeah. Epic's annoying. Um, Epic's, Epic's a, a new bag, but yeah. Like I'm a kid psychologist and focus on developmental psychopathology. All of the people I see are adults. Has anyone called you Doogie yet? Doogie, Doogie Hauser? Like, Doogie why would they call me Doogie Hauser? Because okay, so like, do you do you know that reference? Yeah, it's Neil Patrick Harris as yeah, a young. Yeah, that's why yeah. you're like a kid doctor. Thank you for totally <laughs> validating my experience. Oh, no, no. <laughs> No, but more seriously, I couldn't resist. Um, but like, it's just kind of funny to see, actually hear you say that because I think coming into the lab when I met you and um, everyone else in our lab uh, who had been, you know, at the time you guys were fourth years, I think. Um, and I think, oh, yeah. years, but you all seemed like so much you all seemed like professionals already and like so well on your way that it was very intimidating. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, a, it's a good reminder to me. And I still, I think I still see you this way as like an expert and authority figure in some ways um, for these things. You should, I'm shaking my head. Uh, you, should, you shouldn't view yeah. me that way. I, but it, that's totally true. Like I, the same thing, coming into a, a lab and you see the the older graduate students and you're like, oh my God, like how, how can I ever do stuff like that? And things just end up happening. You learn new stuff and then all of a sudden you're in that place, but it doesn't feel like you have reached that like level of professionalism because at the same time, like all of us are trying to figure out as we go. And it's like the same thing with becoming a, a parent. Like you look to your parents when you're younger, you're like, oh my God, they know everything. They like 
know how long it takes to to cook things and you're like they're just geniuses that was like my threshold for, <laughs> for um and then you're a parent and you're like oh everybody's just like they don't know what they're doing and they're just like trying to figure it out making it up yeah, yeah. no it's, i just like i think about yeah i feel like there is probably like a good tie obviously i'm not a parent um this is the cat parent. Um, but thinking about those things that I'm like, oh, well, like I'm maybe like five to seven years away from where, like, I think for me, it makes sense to have a kid. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, that's really close. I'm going to need a lot of skills in five years that I don't possess. <laughs> Take more yeah. classes, like human bonding. More, more human bonding. Mm -hmm. um, this, yeah, this will bring me to my other, like, and not a tweet of the week, a non-tweet of the week but um <laughs> it's similar like i'll be in five years i'll be defending or like finishing up a dissertation hopefully yeah knock on wood um sound effect there um but <laughs> both of that? those things both of these things feel a little impossible right now <laughs> like i'm like i don't know how i'll be like i'll have to be a being of infinite intelligence to get to there right um, right yeah and so that's what you have to be um but i'm like writing my prelim and i'm like i don't like writing and i'm just like putting words out there and they're kind of working together and like i have ideas and i can talk about things and it it's like i think it is good to to kind of check where you're at and realize how much has changed and how much you've done over the years and like even you getting into grad school is huge and you did worked so hard and did so much. And like, now you're here doing your own, doing your own thing. Woo oh, my <laughs> arms are up. That's yeah. Um, picture the, uh, car sales balloon that they have. With the oh yeah. Balloon yeah. Man. yeah. That's <laughs> me. Um, but yeah, it's also, I always find it funny. I think you say a lot that like writing's not your strength, but also whenever I read anything that you've written, it's like quite well done. And so it's also just like a, I think sometimes and like something I'm trying to challenge myself on this semester is like when I first did statistics, I wasn't particularly motivated. I was afraid that I would be bad at statistics. And so therefore I didn't try because mm -hmm. it felt like it took me a while to reflect on this to realize this, but it was like, oh, one of the reasons I didn't try was I was just like super afraid that if I tried and then I was also bad, then it would just yeah. be like, oh, you try and you're terrible. And then I actually like really loved the course material and was like, I'm going to put in as much effort as I can. And then I did well. And so it just challenges those mm -hmm. narratives you have about yourself. And so, for example, like I, you know, now I'm delving into grad stats, adult stats, and I have to you know like big the big person stats and so i'm trying to do it in a like oh like i'm good at stats like i just mm -hmm. like there are two parts to it it's like i'm good at stats it just takes me longer to learn concepts but once i know them i know them and that's great and so that's what i need to do yeah. and i'm really hoping that i won't have i have this recurring nightmare that i didn't do work all semester i had this realization today they oh. didn't do like math um my classwork like it kept skipping class all semester and my class is not is asynchronous this year for zoom 
And so it's like mm -hmm. before, like you 100% have to attend classes. And now it's like my real life nightmare. Like I'm one inch closer to it than I would be. <laughs> like I was like, I could skip class all semester. And not know it. And not know it. Because I yeah. actively be like, oh, I'm sitting down to do statistics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is why I mentioned this on a podcast because it's accountability and also if you're a grad student in whatever area of your phd unless it's um in the romance languages or like a literature phd and my guess is you're not doing stats but cool if you are um that like if you're someone who doesn't feel super confident in your stats knowledge um i've had a bunch of great examples of people telling me that it didn't start out being something they loved and then i also found for me I didn't like it until it was, it was applied to something I was really interested in. And then I loved it. So, yeah. And we talked about that a little bit on our last episode of like our and my relationship with stats too, that it wasn't really, you just got to find something that works for you. And it, it is usually a project, but it can be a while before you get that project. And sometimes you're helping somebody else, but there are tons of open data sets out there that you can take a look at. And I think the sometimes the tidy Tuesday, like weekend weeks, they release a new data set and it could be in a topic that you really like um, and find questions that, that apply to you. And you might not publish it, but you'll get to kind of play around with the concepts that you've been talking about in class and it's actually applied and makes more sense in your head because you have that theory or that motivation behind it, which is really exciting. And if you're new, new to R, I just saw something on Twitter today. We'll share it on our You Can Grad School account. Um, but it has a professor made something for his undergrads for people who are have never done like R, things like that before. Um, so if you're one of the people who has no um, background with that, um, we'll share that and that resource will be available to you. We can also put that up on OSF. Yeah. Yeah. There's we'll share. a lot of resources. It's just another one I saw. And I think I liked that it was geared towards people who had never done anything. So. Yeah. But that's one of the things that can be tough with R is that there are so many resources and you need to like it can be helpful to have that guidance of, well, we use this one or someone else use this one and stuff like that. So if there is feel free to reach out to us and we can point you in in a good direction. So find us on Twitter at can underscore grad um can underscore grad i was trying to say that in like a fun way but it's just me spelling so uh <laughs> once again just a reminder i just came off of a three-hour class um yeah maybe we should take a quick break so that we can hear a word from our sponsors this episode of you can grad school is brought to you by procrastination because we all know you should probably be doing something else just like us and now back to the show welcome back uh we're glad to have you still with us uh, unless you stopped listening and in that case we don't like you either yeah. um so but you're now... not hearing this so so yeah, so the next half, um, I can still see the stain on my shirt. Um, it's all right. The, you, the listeners wild can't. Wild Thursday um, is. I wanted to talk to you a bit about 
open science. Um, you last year were this great like role model for me in being the most open and also like doing something that there aren't a lot of incentives to do. Um, and you know, I'm just gonna let you tell that story. Yeah, I mean, it it was a project that you and I had worked on too, and it it the I did not do the analyses just to be to give you full credit for in the like good part. <laughs> well, it's gonna sound worse now that you're talking, but I mean it in a good way. Like, no, no, uh, no. Yeah, I, it was something that I, you and I, and then one of the previous lab members we had been talking about for a while and super cool it, idea. It, it is i i love it to the point that it is now part of is my dissertation so like it it's a cool idea um but this was for a smaller conference and i had submitted a poster idea and there within this this like smaller society there is a um you submit your your poster abstract and they review it and you could get like a, a prize. I don't know if it's I don't know if I would get money or something. I think it's like recognition for having a super cool project that was awesome. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll check that box and then you can review it and then tell me how bad I am, because uh, that's usually how academics goes. And months go by later on, they they say that it was accepted and that they that it is up for this award. Uh, so it was like in this new pool where I needed to provide more information and more detail about the project. So I had to go back to the analyses, review everything. And as I was doing the analyses, it wasn't lining up with what I had submitted. Um, so I had done all this in R. I was able to reproduce things, but it was not coming out the way that I thought it was, um, that I said it was. And the findings that I had submitted were not the findings that I was getting. And at that point, I was at like a crossroad. And so I could have just gone with what I had initially submitted and just written up extra stuff or take the approach of, no, I need to investigate, like, why is this happening? What is going on? And I had been using GitHub, uh, which is a really great version control site. And I, I rolled things back and I was able to see that there was some matching error on the initial submission that I had. And so I realized that the like real results were the ones that showed, I think they were non-significant anymore, just like lower one, one analysis might have been like a different direction or something. So I realized the real stuff wasn't what I said it was. And what I decided to do after talking with Kate and so I decided to write back to the society and explain thoroughly what had happened and why the original results were not what they were. Uh, and then I gave the additional information of what the actual results were in the format that they wanted. Um, and turns out I didn't get the award, which is totally okay. But I think that that decision is faced by a lot of researchers where you are analyzing results. And a lot of times what you do is when you write the paper, you analyze it once, you get the significant result and you like take a screenshot or you save that output and then you put that away. Like this is it, this is the final thing. 
and then you write up the paper, you use all those same exact numbers, but you never like go back through and double check or have somebody else check it. And if I didn't do that, I could have like moved forward and published this result and gone off and maybe like made additional claims about it and more research about it. Um, but what I wanted to do is make sure that the the true results and the science was able to speak the way that it, it needed to. Um, so just trying to to make sure that you're following up on those open science principles because I had pre we had pre-registered this, we had done all of the things. Um, and in being able to try to reproduce the results, there were discrepancies and being able to use GitHub in conjunction with OSF that stores all this data, you're able to look back and see, well, where were things wrong? And then you're kind of fit, you're gonna given a dilemma where what do you do when it is? And I, I think we did the right thing. I like to I think no, like I just to like jump in, I like it was you did everything I think in the most ethical way that yeah. like you should. And it was this thing where it felt like and like now in retrospect it, does, it retrospect it doesn't feel like a as big of a deal in talking about yeah. it i don't know why like maybe just to me because i was a co-author and not like the lead author but like it's one of those things where you have to like someone has said hey like we love your mm -hmm. like your study idea and it this is kind of right where the problem is right where awards aren't are usually tend towards like significant findings yep. not cool projects um but you have to go back and say hey i made a mistake mm -hmm. and not i think there's a lot of disincentives to do that and so i was like really impressed by it um not just withdrawing but saying hey here's the actual finding mm -hmm. and presenting that finding because it was also something really cool and still very interesting um yeah. you can scroll dustin's twitter feed to <laughs> september 2019 oh it was like a year ago um so look at that but it's just it was one of those things where like i learned a lot from the way you pursued it also um i remember when it first came up you're like hey i was trying to reproduce this um result mm -hmm. and i gloves mittens reproduce replicate um but the way you said it like you just had this like very dogged dogged pursuit of like finding the answer and it wasn't just enough to be like oh i must have done something wrong like when i did everything right this time it was not significant mm -hmm. you also yeah. wanted to like find exactly where you went wrong so in the future it wouldn't happen again yeah and there are people who would do like all different types of things there are people who'd, who'd be like oh i must have done something wrong this time it's not significant anymore i'll stick with a significant result um like you said, like there are people who would be like, oh, it's not significant. Like I'll just pull the paper or I'll pull the um, poster yeah. and I don't want to like potentially look bad, but you don't look bad. Like I think um, there was also a researcher who did this and got funding off of her. So this is like a PI, a tenured, I think tenured um, assistant or associate professor who um, made what might be considered a bigger mistake. And she, let the funding organization know she let her co-authors know and it it's one of those things where it's like that's when you know science is going right because people are going to make mistakes yeah. like and people are not going to catch those mistakes that's why you have typos in published books despite like so many eyes on it like yeah. in your body of work if you are 
errorless than you're an anomaly. Can't even talk. Um, so I just, I don't know, like it makes me really proud to have worked with you, to work with you and continue working with you. And whenever I see those examples, I'm like, that's someone who did what could be the most difficult thing it could turn like at her level it could tarnish your career yeah. if it's you get funding based off of that finding um and on other levels there's always like personal or professional potential ramifications and so i just you know it's something i really hope for um it's something that you know i'm trying to internalize like the idea that like somewhere along the way i'm definitely going to make a mistake and i want to be mm -hmm as open and ethical as possible and sharing that if I can do so and not if I can do so and want to be as I will, will. and want you to are. be as open and this is further proof you can pull back if I'm like a 49 year old I don't know I just pulled that off um long period from now to now researcher and you see me doing something unethical here's me 25 year old admonishing future me don't do that. She's wagging her finger. Wagging my finger. Um, yeah, so I just, like, I really appreciate that. And I. it's also good that you employed the tools you employed to check those, to have those fail-safes and check when that happens. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It It's one of those things that, like, looking back on it, I don't think we could have done something different. It would have, it wouldn't have felt right that having these, you want to make sure that the science is right because it's it's not only impacting you and your career, it's impacting future careers, it's impacting other graduate students or other people who are gonna see, oh, there's this finding or there's this grant that was funded and I'm gonna go do something similar and build on it, but then it might be completely false and you don't know that. And I think that it can be even harder to do when you don't have those tools when you don't have a pre-registration, when you don't have GitHub or things like that to be able to see, okay, let me look at all of these linear trends and see where things went awry or where we, we kind of missed the boat. Um, but they're hard to do too. I mean, they're not, they're not super hard. Once you integrate it, then it can be really easy. Um, but it can feel overwhelming. Like, Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what GitHub is. So can I ask you this? Yeah. Like, okay, so you're starting a brand new project, first time ever. Um, yeah. How do you how do you get started on it in an open science way? That's a really great question. And yes, Kate is taking very intense notes, and I appreciate it. Um, what you want to do first is it would be great to have a OSF account so you can create an OSF account for free, um, osf.io. So stop what you're doing right now, pause the recording and go do that. We'll wait. No, no, you can listen to the recording while oh, Yeah, you can do that too. Um, I just didn't want you to be distracted by our, our beautiful voices and great thoughts. Do you ever listen to a podcast just sitting there? Do I? And just like not doing anything? <laughs> I only ever listen to a podcast when I'm doing something else. I sit in a windowless room and just put headphones on close my eyes fully absorb the yeah, yeah. <laughs> in one of those what are the like sensory deprivation chambers fun fact i've been in a sensory what? deprivation i went on it with my now boyfriend uh on one of our early dates we went into the because his his lab was doing um a sensory deprivation study oh, so 
I yeah. like want to. You talked about that in episode. It's terrible. It sounds terrifying. It was terrible. I got a room. It's like a roomish for like big, so you could do the pod mm-hmm. or everyone. You should be downloading OSF while we're yeah. talking about Please this. Go. You don't um, download OSF. Go sign up for OSF. Go sign. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Download our. Go sign up for um, OSF while Kate talks about whatever this is. I was in a room mm-hmm. and it was super salty. It was like a dark room. And I played, I played human ping pong with myself for an hour. Just like going, bouncing off the walls. I was starfish. And like, I was like, it was deliberately big. We had, they had two rooms open. We had a gift certificate. It's probably pretty expensive to do just because of connections. I was able to do it. And so I was just like, oh my God. And so then I just gently pushed my body from wall to wall to wall. And also people go into the sensory, I did not, but people go into the sensory deprivation tanks naked. And I'm not gonna die that way. No. So like, <laughs> but then my suit was swimsuit was like super salty afterwards. And so it was, it was an interesting experience. I might be able to get more out of it now, but for the most part I was like, I'm trapped with my own thoughts. Human ping pong was kind of fun. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. Or what's the um, game where you like have the paddles? Pong. Oh, pong. Yeah, pretty close. So now you've downloaded OSF. Yeah. What's the next? You don't. Step? You signed up for it. You signed up. We got for it. OSF. I thought you're. Yeah. Kate's already signed up, so she did it ages ago and doesn't remember how it works. But you you sign up for OSF. You can create a project within it, and the way that you can think of OSF is it is a very fancy. Dropbox that if you use other cloud like storage, you can use this like Google Drive, Dropbox, Box, whatever you use, use this to house your whole project. So you can put data in there, you can make it private. Um, but you want to have some some container that has all of the information for your project, because the goal is to be completely open and transparent is everything that happens for the project will live there. And then anybody can go in and see what see different steps and realize, oh, like they recoded this way or they did this. Then you can create a pre-registration, which you'll be able to put in. I think OSF has some templates for it, but really you just want to be very specific about your measurement and your choices and your data analytic plan. Uh, so how you're going to code the data, how you're going to score the data, and all of those decision points that you're going to make. Just a quick note, if for whatever reason you change your mind or you do the analyses and then it makes you it, like it makes you rethink your methods, you yeah. can update the you, you just need a justification. You can't edit the original, but like you can say, hey, like so upon further reflection slash after doing an initial analysis, we thought that this might be more informative or for whatever reason, hopefully a good one. <laughs> but uh, ideally and most ethically a good one and not just because you're fishing um mm-hmm. you can add that in so just i wanted to jump in with that because you don't have to start a new project or something like that that's part of the transparency aspect yeah yeah you pre-register really before you do anything and then you do something and then you can make an amendment to that like kate was saying you don't make a whole new project you just say oh well we didn't find we didn't realize that there were going to be 30 outliers that were going to really influence this. So we needed to transform our data, but just laying out those steps so that if somebody goes back and says, well, this looks like they were just 
fishing for this because they did all these transformations, but then they can see the through line of your idea and how it all goes together. And what OSF does is it uses version control. So if you are uploading a document, you edit it and you upload it again, it's going to save both versions. So somebody can go in and see those different steps that you've taken and the changes that have been made from document to document. Kind of like the IRB, right? Like if yeah. you make any changes to your protocol, you have to say, hey, like this is the reason why and it has to be a good reason yeah. um, or a well-reasoned reason. <laughs> um, I wonder if the future of OSF could be some sort of like IRB-like body on an institution to institution basis. I think it would be great to have even just like a region by region specific mm -hmm. there. It's not it's not tied to a particular university or uh, things like that. I think that would be really, really cool. Plus self-interest. Yeah. 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 So you have your OSF project and then other things like creating an R project on your your computer. Um, if you don't know what a R project is, it is a really great resource for organizing all of your R code. And you can check out some of our YouTube videos about that or other resources, or just reach out to, to one of us and we'll, we'll let you know. And then you can create your scripts. I love R Markdown documents. Again, that could be a whole other episode. We could talk a lot about it, but we're not going to and bore you for that. Remember, Kate just came off of a three hour class. Three hours. Three hours and five minutes, actually. With no breaks. We went over. Yeah. And then you can set up a GitHub. Uh, so you, this will work similarly to OSF. It does a much better job with code, with doing version control for code, that when you are uploading things, it will actually go line by line and, and update and let you know where the changes have been made, which is really cool and can save a lot of time in the long run when you're like, oh, I did all these things and I didn't actually want to do them or my advisors. One of the like things that I that always comes to mind is you're putting stuff together for your advisor and then you do the analyses for them. Then they come back and say, oh, do these other analyses. So you go and do those and they say, no, actually do these other analyses and you had already done them. You can just go back to a previous version and it's all good to go. Like you're all set. You don't have to redo anything. We can do a demo of this. Um, yeah. With my first R homework. There we go. Yeah, we can set up a, a GitHub for that. But it, GitHub can be really easy to use. I, for beginners, definitely use the GitHub desktop app. It does a really nice job. It integrates nicely with GitHub um, and works with version control through that. So now that you have a through line for your... Um, for your research ideas through OSF and your data, and then any of your code is all through GitHub. That can be completely transparent. You can make it, as soon as you make it public, anyone can see all the steps you made. And that's really what being open is all about, being very transparent about your process. And I think those, those two tools in particular make it very easy to do that. But we'll do tutorials because it is very, it can feel very overwhelming, but like I said, please reach out to us. We are more than happy to help as long as we're not sitting in front of Zoom for hours on end. No, three hour cap here. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i say like I, I started using GitHub. It's not something I feel super comfortable with yet, um, but, you know, plan on using it as you were saying. I was like, oh, of course I'll use GitHub for my class assignments. That's a really good way of using mm -hmm. it. 
And then like, if I do homework or shared assignments, I can also share that with other groups. I know a lot of um, people, like when they're doing a group project coding wise, they can use GitHub. Um, yeah, I haven't used it at like a group level. You can make different like branches off of the main one and people can make edits on certain parts and then you can merge it all together. Uh, I've been using it for writing my dissertation. It doesn't do a good job with Word docs of being able to look at like individual lines that you've updated, but I can update the document as a whole. And then so like I work on different computers at work or here or wherever, my laptop, and I can shift easily between them because I have GitHub as that central like repository. So now you're all ready to, to go start your project. All right, I'll get going after. <laughs> not not you, the break. listeners. You need a break, yes. Oh, yeah. You can no, you I was like, do, Kate. I will, yeah, I'll start a new GitHub. Um, I lost my train of thought. That's all right. I, I think that's all we have for this episode. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? I don't think we do. I, I We usually do future directions, but I think the future direction for both of us is to take a break and just, and for you listeners to decompress after this week, like this is new for everybody. And especially if this is your first week in graduate school, definitely take time for yourself. Make sure you have those. It sounds like Kate, you've integrated running and that that's a really good outlet for you. Find something that works Not for you. For yeah, it, it, it could be. I remember you said that you wanted to do swimming too. So it might be something outdoors. It might be something indoors. It might be Netflix. I've cross-stitched before. That can always be fun and, and good. Yeah, don't do Twitter. Um, no. That I found is not relaxing. So if you are like me and sometimes you default to Twitter to relax, stop it. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us and uh, we look forward to our next episode or our next session where uh, we can talk about well, our next live session where we'll talk about GitHub and our next podcast TVD. We'll see. Thank you, everybody. So you can grad is on a vacation. <laughs>